The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Game on. The election cycle in Guam has more than begun. The 2024 midterm election could be the most exciting in a generation. Or will it? That is the focus of this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DeMatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gomatautau. The podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a Guam-based consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies company serving government and private sector organizations in the Western Pacific and beyond. Need an Iridium satellite telephone? Need crisis communications assistance? Ask Get LLC. They can help. Find them on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners Checking out the podcast in Newton, Massachusetts. Excited to greet those listeners in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. And can't forget the listeners right here at home on Guam in the nearby village of Jotnia. Half a day to you all. Let That's It, That's All take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next road trip as you sit down on your laptop or your desktop computers or just ahead of that gym workout. Where does this podcast sit in your CrossFit routine? A huge thank you to our friends at redcircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Also, That's It, That's All can be heard on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. We are proud to be a part of the KUAM Podcast Network, Guam's award-winning broadcast news and information source, and the multimedia home of original programming from all across Micronesia. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All wherever you get your podcast today. Do it right now. Funny, my inspiration for this podcast came while sitting with family in Santa Rita recently. It was a nice evening celebrating the housewarming for my godson, Antonio. As I sat with him, his friends, and family in a place that my wife's family called home for more than three generations, it got me thinking of the future, importantly, the political future for Guam. I have been an active part of island elections since 1994. The days covering that race that year saw the firebrand Carl Gutierrez elected to his first term in office. The final push of statesman Governor Joseph Atta to complete his historic back-to-back terms. And then me, a newbie on Guam, making my way from a couch in Sinahanya to a concerted effort to call Guam home. It was busy. It was exciting, the three actions shaping much of the political landscape, whether we know it or not. Well, at least for me. Let me explain. The Sunshine Group led a grassroots effort that saw advances in Guam that were not expected at the time. Making phone calls to the U.S. mainland became easier, being added to the North American numbering plan. 
a Guam sports complex that heralded an era expanding public services to the community that would drive sports and recreational activity to new heights. Even a visit by U.S. President Bill Clinton in the later years would give visibility to the role this patriotic American community would play in the geopolitical considerations of the U.S. military-industrial complex then and now. Reflecting on Joe Atta, his cabinet was filled with industry giants and a future governor. The boom times of construction and Japanese interest became the backbone of a visitor industry that thrived and still craves some three decades later. Good governance then was the example for all future leaders to follow. For this podcaster, my decision to stay in Guam and not run back to the U.S. mainland or take the plunge into Asia as my original thought as a broadcast journalist was cemented under a coconut tree in Inigua one winter evening in late 1994. I met a woman whose smile captivated me. I fell in love. Now you are still wondering, how in the heck do these three things come together? Well, the 1994 elections ushered in an era that the former popular party had seemed to long for and their standard bearer, Ricky Berdallio, had been espousing throughout his career and importantly at the start of the Democratic Party in 1960. Many at the time felt that Carl Gutierrez was the second coming. Well, his lieutenant governor and my dear friend, Madeline Z. Berdallio, ensured that much of that legacy and policy was true to Berdallio's form in that election and during their two terms. The modern-day Republican leadership emerged from the ashes of early infighting between our first governor, Carlos Camacho, and former governor, Paul Cavill. That hatchet was buried by their sons on the eve of the 2010 general election. The only problem was that the GOP could not secure a legislative majority. The last time Republicans held the gavel in the Guam Congress building, 2007. Observing the two from days in the newsroom at Guam Cable TV on O'Brien Drive to leading election coverage in 2002 at KOM to leaving the news desk in 2003 for Adeloupe. All of the election day events were important to where I am today as I share this particular podcast and the 58 previous. But I'm sure that I am not the only one who was affected by those modern events in Guam's political history. At least these and related engagements of the political leadership of the last quarter century. The political climate in Guam and the region has surely changed. There has been so many actions, events, and activities that have guided political thought. Clear to me is that Guam is poising itself for a huge shift, though as you have heard on this podcast in recent years, change is not so certain, or is it? Behaviors or not in the voting booth has had me thinking so very hard in that time. Can an island, subject to storm and disease, see past these and other challenging moments that have defined some from Jigo to Molesu? Many are called, few in fact answer. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. 
They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. The St. Thomas Source reported on January 31st, 2024, that a routine Senate hearing on safety issues and emergency response on St. John in the U.S. Virgin Islands turned confrontational as the police commissioner was forced by subpoena to testify. Commissioner Ray Martinez answered questions on police staffing, 911 calls, noise complaints, and security cameras from members of the Committee on Homeland Security, Justice, and Public Safety. Senator Franklin D. Johnson used what was described by the online publication as unusually crude language for legislative hearings, criticizing Commissioner Martinez for attempting to avoid the hearing out of fear of criticism. Johnson said, quote, when the leader of the police department don't even send one representative here, that tells me it's time for a new commissioner. If he's retired on the job, submit your retirement and leave. Let someone run the place. We cannot live like this. I don't accept this. Close quote. The hearing was highlighted by information shared by senators who said they'd heard complaints about parts of Cruz Bay operating as an open-air drug market and fretted about the appearance of increased crime on St. John. Staying in the Caribbean, El Vocero in Puerto Rico is reporting that the Democratic Party in the U.S. territory claims to have a full agenda for the coming months, with a general assembly in which a new board will be elected. The U.S. presidential primaries and the state convention will also elect their delegates to the party's national convention. Democratic Party of Puerto Rico President Charlie Rodriguez announced that he will not seek re-election to the position and anticipated that the current director of the Puerto Rico Federal Affairs Administration, Luis Davila Pernas, will seek to be elected along with a list of candidates who are selected. During their March 16, 2024 General Assembly, the party will elect a new vice president, a committee woman, a committee man, among other seats. Democratic Party of Puerto Rico will hold their convention in San Juan at the Padrin Saria Colosito. Closer to home in the CNMI, the Saipan Tribune is reporting, as of the premiere of this podcast, that instead of a full complement of nine, the Commonwealth Election Commission currently has only five commissioners, just enough to have a quorum to conduct any business. The Commonwealth Election Commission is mandated by law to have nine commissioners appointed by the governor. In order to have a quorum, the same election law only requires five members to be present, with at least one member from each senatorial district being present. To address the lack of election commissioners, CEC Executive Director Kyla Igotol requested Governor Arnold Palacios to fill the vacancies. By doing so, Igotol said the CEC will continue to ensure the CNMI elections are held with impartiality and fairness throughout the entire process. In Guam, the Guam Election Commission is preparing for the 2024 election cycle. They got a respite from Guam Governor Lou Leon Guerrero when she signed into law a bill that abolished the Sinahanya vice mayor position about a week ahead of the deadline to submit candidate packets. Rudy Iriarty, who had been serving as Sinahanya's vice mayor, died in early January following a long battle with diabetes. 
but because his death occurred more than 240 days before a general election by law, a special election would have filled the vacancy. The Guam Daily Post reported on February 1st, 2024, that the special election would have cost the government of Guam about $25,000 for all election activity in the Central Village to include stipends for precinct officials, ballot production, transportation and security, and mandated public notices. The paper quoted incumbent Sinahanya Mayor Robert Hoffman as saying, Sinahanya's population no longer justified the need for a vice mayor. In her message, after enacting Bill 230, Governor Leon Guerrero stated that Iriarty, quote, recognized that leadership always requires prioritizing the needs of your people over your own. And for that reason, both he and Hoffman reflected on the need to right-size their offices and contemplated whether the vice mayor position was truly justified by the population of their village. Close quote. Both parties were stepping up to engage the special election just ahead of the action led by Guam Senator Will Parkinson. The action has left both parties a bit let down that this was being touted as a warm-up to the August primaries and November general election. The letdown is that Guam has watched the Democratic leadership of Adeloupe and the Guam Congress building take many a misstep. While there was such optimism riding into Inauguration Day in January 2023, Democrats have fizzed out. Their private infighting has since been brought out in full display publicly. Huge efforts to include passing the largest budget in Guam history with the fiscal year budget and the recent failure to relocate the Guam Memorial Hospital has insiders like me wondering if the damage is going to cost them this year and with the governor's race in 2026. Republicans, they're not off the hook either. The minority has been challenged with advancing an agenda, and at least two members have publicly lashed at each other on a host of fronts that many Guam GOP members are already expressing their lack of support for them in 2024. The Republican Party of Guam will be seeing new leadership in March 2024 that too could have an impact on the midterm contest. Here we go again with the events. Now, one thing is for sure. Both parties are running fatigued. Both parties seem to be looking to a bench that may or may not be existent to replace the old guard and remnants of the once prominent popular and territorial parties of Guam. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Recently, I sat with UOG professor and longtime friend Dr. Ron McNich. We talked just before he sent an editorial published on January 31st, 2024, to the Pacific Daily News. He pointed out a great few lines in the piece titled, Clowns Out in Full Force. It was actually going to be the same title of this podcast. The lines were this, quote, Our senators are the worst political actors possible to have important discussions on anything meaningful. 
for health administration and nuclear discussions, they need to buy a book, a book preferably with pictures because rational or logical words do not work with these folks. God forbid they start babbling words with more than three syllables. Close quote. You can check out the editorial in its entirety on the GuamPDN.com website. I share this as simply what many have described to me from all levels of this island community and trusted advisors from outside our shores. Today, our island society has seen the role of the Guam legislature as having steered so far from its organic act of Guam mandate to, among other things, to pass an annual fiscal year budget law and approve appointments in support of the executive and judicial branches. The support is simple. Create laws that are to support the whole of the people. The framers of the United States Constitution, at least James Madison, wrote in Federalist 51 in 1788 that, quote, ambition must be made to counteract ambition. The interest of the man must be connected with the constitutional rights of the place. It may be a reflection on human nature that such devices should be necessary to control the abuses of government. But what is government itself but the greatest of all reflections on human nature? If men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, then neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. In framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, The great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed, and in the next place, oblige it to control itself. A dependence on the people is, no doubt, the primary control on the government, but experience has taught mankind the necessity of auxiliary precautions. Close quote. The check and balance that seems to have been missing for some time is something so many in the electorate are clamoring for. Why? Schools are falling apart. The only civilian hospital is falling apart. The economic engine that is tourism here has fell apart with no definitive return. The social fabric of our families is falling apart. Is there any issue that is not? Send me a note on my social media. Curious to a response. Out of balance, that is where we are at. Leaders have failed us. I should be more specific. Our elected leaders have failed us. The people need to stand up and say, enough is enough. We need leaders, not followers, as my dad would say. But he always added, which one are you? Another quip from him, another observation worth sharing here on the podcast. So where is this going? It is game on. I am standing up and using this platform to tell you that I am a leader and stepping up to lead. In the months ahead, folks will see the name of this podcaster on a ballot or two. I'm hopeful that in time and perhaps due to this podcast and other means, I can find the confidence of the electorate to fill that role in a way that my dad had meant. There will be so much time for discourse. Much of my positions can be found in the 58 previous podcast episodes. Call it a 
clearinghouse for my ideas and positions. What is for sure is that the 2024 election cycle really is game on. I challenge you to listen to the previous podcast to learn more about me. I urge you to engage many others asking for your vote on election day, not just this year, but all the future elections to come. Ask hard questions. Be sure that they are listening and then follow them to ensure that their actions are complete. Think of where our island and the whole of Micronesia has come and where our collective voices and actions can take it. Give it a chance. In the words of my favorite President Ronald Reagan, quote, it's true, hard work never killed anybody, but I figure, why take the chance? Now is the time to balance dedication and self-care, all in service to our people. This people of Guam and the Marianas are a great people. They deserve the very best of all of us. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.